Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. sure about God he's sure about you he's pretty sure he created you he loves you he's got a plan for your life you can run from God or you can run to him I'll tell you which one's better run to him run to him I was at the mall this week and uh, there was this sweater there and on the sweater it said, or did I, sweater? Anyway, sweater. <laughs> Just to clarify. It said, make the world a better place. I was like, oh, that's good. And then I saw this other dude, he had a shirt on his back and said, beware of snakes. And I was like, oh, that's good. How <laughs> I many of God can speak to you anywhere? I, can, I was like, oh, that'll preach. I think I might preach that tomorrow. Make the world a better place. But watch out for snakes, baby. Come on, let's pray together. We are in week two of Unlikely Leader. Father, I thank You for every person here. I thank You for their life. I thank You for their past, their present and their future. God, You are the God of our past, but our present and our future. And you know the future that you have for them. You know the plans you have for them. And today, Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to speak in ways that I cannot communicate. I'm going to ask you to meet needs that I cannot meet. I'm going to ask you to breathe life upon your Word. I'm going to ask you to apply eye salve to people's eyes that they might see, to unclog ears that they might hear, to soften our hearts that they might be soft and malleable, in your hand. Father, I declare the blessing of God over every man, woman, child in this place. I declare generations are different. I declare that things are shifting, things are changing. I prophesy a place of strength, a house of strength. Lord, businesses that are strong. I pray for minds that are strong. I pray for women that are strong. I pray for men that are strong in the glorious Name of Jesus. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus. Soften my heart, open my eyes. I need you. I declare today, I need you. I need your word. I need your people. I need your spirit. Change my life. Make me to be the person you desire me to be. And I'll give you all the praise for it. Come on, the Church Alive said Amen. Can we put our hands together? Come on. Come on, thank God in advance. Praise God. Praise God. Can we thank our worship team? Thank you, guys. Grab your seat.
We've been in a series at our church. I kicked it off last week called The Unlikely Leader. Someone say, Unlikely, Unlikely. Leader. We touched on and I spoke about last week Esther, Esther the beauty queen pageant winner of the Persian Empire in many ways, called by God to speak and to declare a truth that was hard. She actually had to step out of the comfort zone, out of the safe place, and she had to step into her purpose. And I began to ask you a fairly challenging question, is that, is the thing that you are most passionate about, is the thing that you shout about the most, is that on God's radar list, among the many issues that will always be of part of humanity, is your shout incongruent and aligned with God's shout? It's a challenging, challenging question. I wanna tell you today that God cares about leadership. How many know that the hardest person to lead is you? The hardest person to lead is actually you, but your continual and constant assignment is to lead you well. And if you lead you well, you'll eventually be able to influence and lead others. God cares about personal leadership. Someone say personal leadership. God cares about family leadership. God cares about business leadership. God cares about government leadership. God cares about the, the, the medical community its leadership. God cares about the education and entertainment industry. He cares about leadership because if things are going well, it's because of leadership. And if things are going badly, it's because of leadership. John C. Maxwell says this, that everything rises and falls on leadership. We bump into an unlikely leader today. Her name is Hannah. I was gonna preach on her son, Samuel, but I couldn't kind of shake the simplicity of Hannah, so I'm kind of hitting two women in a row. How many ladies happy about that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, come on, preach it, pastor, you know? <laughs> First Samuel chapter one, verse one. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham. That's a mouthful, isn't it? The son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, someone say selfish. He had two wives, one was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, which happens to be the name of my dog. We didn't, we didn't choose the name Shiloh because it was a biblical name. Actually, we chose it because he was born in Virginia. We met in Virginia and very close to the town that he was born in was a place called Shiloh. And we're like, well, that sounds good. We tried to get our kids to vote, but how many know that sometimes when you vote, you cause a division in the house? And so basically we brought back the dog and said, this is his name. We are not a voting family. We are a dictatorship. Amen, amen, amen. All the parents said? Amen, amen, amen. Just got healthier in this church, just got 
stronger in this church, right? That's right, Gigi and Marco. It's a dictatorship. This is, we ain't voting about this. Some teenagers are like, I don't like this conversation. Don't worry. I'm only half joking. And the Bible says that they brought a sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. And whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Peninnah, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. Some issues here. And the Lord had closed her womb. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And let me just give you the summation here that God grants her request. And then she literally at the age of theologians tell us around three or four years old, literally brings him to the temple and says here, he is gonna serve Eli for the rest of his days. And how many of you know that's tough for a mum to do? Literally prays for years that she would have a child. Gets to the point, gets so desperate to the point. Says, God, if you, if you give me a son, I will literally dedicate him to you for the rest of his life. And she doesn't just make a vow. She comes through on the vow. She doesn't just have a prayer life. She has a sacrifice life. And she brings him to the temple and says, fine, you take care of him. And she gives him to God and to the things of God, and then God actually gives her five more kids. I love that God, God, God receives the Son, but then blesses abundantly after that. Because I've often found that when God asks for something from me, I'm not sure what I'm getting in return, but when I've given it to God, He actually gives me more and blesses me more. I remember many years ago, I was dating a particular girl and the Lord was like, she's not for you. But how many of you know, you're not sure what else is coming? You're like, is the next one gonna be better than this one? He doesn't tell you. He just says, this ain't the one. And you have to believe Him and be like, oh, we ain't together anymore. Why? God told me. No, don't ever say that. I said that, don't ever say that. Why? They got rejected from you and God all at the same time. That's right. Jesus told me not to date you. Just say, it's not gonna work out. I'm in a single season of singleness. Tell them that. Amen. Helping some people in church today. But Hannah is one of the most unlikely leaders in the Bible because out of her pain came purpose. Out of her struggle comes strength. Out of her barrenness comes one of the greatest prophets to ever live in the Old Testament. She literally comes from a barren place, but she brings forth the blessing 
Now, I I would hate for you to go through barren times and hard times and struggle times, but how many know life seems to give you that anyway, doesn't it? And out of those struggle, you can even, you can sometimes grow bitter at God. And there are times when she is bitter, there's times she's upset, but she continues steadfastly in prayer. She continues steadfastly in prayer. And I wonder today if the greatest thing you ever do for the Kingdom may not be what you do, but who you raise. Whether that's a spiritual son or a physical son, a, a spiritual daughter or a natural daughter, one of the greatest things you will actually do is simply give birth to the purpose of God. And Hannah gives birth to the purpose of God. Why? Because she is persistent in prayer. I wanna give you a conviction today in your heart that leaders must lead the way in prayer. Are you a mother? You're a leader. Isn't that true, Teresa? If you're a father, you're a leader. If you're a Christian, you might have the title leader, but how many know you influence people? And so whether or not you'll ever have a title, don't pursue the title leader. Pursue to be a servant. Pursue to be a blessing. Pursue simply to do what God has called you to do. I know most of us sign up for the billionaire club. We're kind of like, I hope God calls me to be a billionaire and then I'll give away so much money and it'll be amazing. How many have signed up for that? I remember someone telling me many years ago, Pastor, I just wanna let you know, I, I, put, I put my thing in the lottery. Lottery ticket. And if we win, I told God I'd give him 20%. <laughs> I was like, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> However, if you can't honour God with 10 bucks, how many you know 10 million feels a whole lot heavier? <laughs> if you can't honour God with $100, how many you know that $100 million feels like, oh, isn't that selfish? <laughs> but I wanna talk to you today and I wanna teach for a little bit. I normally give you two points, three points. Today, I just thought I'd give you a kind of um, extra large Happy Meal. I have 10 points for you today. How many think I'm gonna get through it? How many, have, how many don't think I'm gonna get through it? Okay. I don't know either. The first message, I was shocked. I got through it. I wanna give you 10 thoughts around prayer that you and I need. If you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a leader, if you've been around church a long time, but you've never caught prayer and you've never kind of known that prayer is such a vital aspect for you. But let me say this across the body of Christ, that most of the time that people feel weak in their faith and weak spiritually, the primary ingredient missing in their life is prayerlessness. Someone say primary. How many know you need to charge your phone every day? You imagine if I just went up to you and was like, why doesn't my phone work? Someone's like, well, you have to charge it. (laughs) And there's a lot of Christians walking out, oh, just my prayer life, it doesn't work. My faith doesn't work. How come it doesn't work, pastor? Charge it. Prayer is the charge, amen? Number one today is this, prayer brings closeness to God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, God who is faithful has called us into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship is closeness, it's relationship. The simplicity of prayer is talking. And how many you know when you first learned to talk, you weren't very good at it? Took you a number of months to say, Dada. And Dada got excited because you said Dada first and Mama got offended that you said Dada first and it's just the way it is. But I was not offended when my son said Dada for the first time or Mama and I didn't expect eloquence when he first came out and you should not expect eloquence and brilliance in prayer. You might be like, oh my gosh, I just struggle in prayer. I just, I just don't get it. Guess what? You used to not be able to walk and your parents didn't kick you when you fell over. They were proud there was progress. So let me just encourage our church on this. Let there be progress. Let there be progress in your prayer life. Grow in it. Is five minutes awesome for you? Awesome. Don't stay there. Is 10 minutes awesome for you? Awesome. Is an hour awesome for you? Awesome. Are you a person who prays everywhere and anywhere? Awesome. Prayer brings closeness. Acts chapter 18, verse 9 to 11 says this. Acts 18, verse 9 to 11. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Someone say that with me. Do not be afraid. afraid. Come on, say it again. Do not be afraid. afraid. Online say, "Do do not be afraid. 366 times in Scripture, God says, do not be afraid. Let me just say it again. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I'm just being safe. No, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be in faith. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I... And with you, and no one is going to attack you and harm you because I have many people in this city. Prayer brings conviction of belief. How many of you know that God is a God who answers prayer? He speaks to people who pray. Paul is always praying and he's in a city and he's not sure, obviously, should he stay in the city? Should he keep on preaching? His life is being threatened and God speaks to him in a vision. Do not be afraid. So how many know he's preaching a little bit better that next day? Paul literally steps up to the pulpit and there's a bit more boldness in here. There's a bit more conviction in here. Why? Not because he read in the Bible, do not be afraid. No, he got it in his spirit. And prayer brings head knowledge to heart knowledge to spirit knowledge. And you and I have got to be people of prayer. Why? Because it's nice learning the Bible. It's important learning the Bible, but it must go from your head to your heart and it actually must strengthen your spirit. And he is convicted and he has great conviction because he is a man of prayer. Prayer also brings, number three, clarity of assignment. You might be like, what am I meant to do with my life? The first thing I'd say to you is, you're meant to walk with God. That's the first thing. You're meant to pray. You're meant to hear His voice, but you'll never hear His voice until you start to pray. I've actually noticed that if you won't take advice, simple advice from your mother, simple advice from your father, simple advice from your teachers, simple advice from the Bible, if you won't do the simple things, 
Why would God give you great revelation if you can't listen to the simple things? It takes humility to hear the voice of God. It actually says, God, what do you have for me? I would say this to you. It also takes persistence to hear the voice of God. Prayer brings clarity of assignment. Many years ago, uh, when I was 19 years old, God called me to preach. And then a number of months later, I was praying again and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and He said, I want you on the radio. And I was like, I, I literally never thought of being on the radio. I was like, that was such a unique thought. I literally was like, really? That's weird. But that was clarity of assignment. So I went up to the radio person and said, hey, I, I just feel like I'm meant to speak on the radio. And how many know that they probably get a lot of people that tell them they're meant to speak on the radio? And so I was like, why don't you put a sermon together and we'll kind of record you and we'll kind of see how it goes. And I did this 10 minute thing and he was like, oh, we're more thinking of like this two minute thing. I was like, okay, I'll do a two minute thing. So I did this two minute little thing. And for the next four years in Lynchburg, Virginia, at Liberty University, there was a spot on the radio three times a day for the next four years called Abundant Living with Anthony Fleming. God opened the door, but it was a clarity of assignment. And you've got to be faithful in the little things and then God will show you the extra things. God will show you more. Are you with me? Prayer brings confession of sin. James chapter five says this, that we are to confess our faults one to another and pray for one another that we might be healed, it says. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. I was reading in the Message Bible, another translation, I think it was the Phillips translation. It says, be in the habit, be in the habit of confessing your faults one to another which means you don't do it one time in your life and you just go, I'm just free, free as a bird. You might have to do it again. You might have to go to freedom again. You might have to go to freedom again and again. You might have to go four times. You might have to never graduate. I tell our transform leaders all the time, you need to go to freedom. Why? You need to go to freedom because you have baggage. Have you ever noticed that you have baggage? If you haven't noticed, everyone else around you has noticed that you have baggage. I, was, uh, I flew to Virginia this week and I realised that my baggage didn't have one of those pop-up things that was broken. So not only do I have baggage, my baggage was broken. So you don't just have baggage, you have broken baggage. And that's the truth of the Christian life that you actually need to go, hey, it was awesome recently someone shared with me. I just shared a struggle recently. This was one of our leaders. I just shared a struggle and all of a sudden it just, it's just like it just lifted. Because how many know that when you have private struggles, eventually they become secret struggles and secret struggles stay in the closet and when they're in the closet, they don't get healthier. The longer you leave mold, the more it grows. The longer you leave mold, the more it grows, but the more sunlight you actually need to give it. And when you give mold sunlight, how many know it dies? When you bring the light of heaven to your life so that you can be free, how many know that it, di uh, excuse me, that it dies? That was weird. <laughs> I almost felt like I manifested. 
Don't worry, I'll, I'll take that out of the online portion. <laughs> My throat got caught, Tito. Let's keep moving. Prayer brings confession of sin. Let me say this, how can you be free of something that you won't admit? There's a lot of people who can never be free of something because you never admit it. I was talking to a lady in the foyer actually just today and this person's an amazing person, this person's been growing a lot but then she told me, she was like, hey, he, he really struggles with alcohol. But the truth is, unless you ever don't tell anyone, you won't be free of it. The greatest thing that hinders people from freedom is pride and fear. The greatest thing that hinders your life, men, from growing forward is pride, hiding. I'm all put together. Look at me looking nice on my Sunday best. Yes, yes. Very special, very spiritual. But no, you need to open up your jacket and someone needs to see sometimes that you've got some issues under here. Does that make sense? Prayer imparts courage. Number five, prayer imparts courage. Psalm 27 Verse 13 says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. How long do you have to wait, Anthony? Until strength comes. I was talking to a man from Australia recently and he said, I often, people often ask me, how long till I hear God's voice and say, just wait until He speaks. Because when He speaks, it's worth it. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Prayer imparts courage. I was hearing a story recently of an amazing community of believers in India and they had planted a church there and they were actually getting persecuted by the numerous different people around the community. It was the first church ever built in that area. There was a well there and that's where they used to, to uh, obviously take their water and just feed their crops and their livestock and drink themselves. And one of the people that hates Christians literally put poison in the water. At four o'clock in the morning, someone else wrote a note, says the water has been poisoned, don't drink it. So the pastor goes over and he says, he calls his bishop and he says, what should we do? The bishop actually said, man, I'm gonna pray about this and I'm gonna ask God to give me a word that what should we do? And the Holy Spirit speaks to this bishop and says, tell him, put salt in the water, pray about it and it will be cleansed. Now, how many know that salt by itself doesn't cleanse? It's a cleansing agent, but it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop some kind of rat poisoning but with a word from God and with courage in His Spirit, they put salt in it and then they began to drink it and it was all fine. Here's what's interesting. Within the next few months, there was a drought and the only well that didn't dry up was their well. And everyone had to come to their well. 
the world they poisoned. The world they, they, they literally knew that they poisoned it and they were coming to the well. Had to walk right by their church every single time and come to the well. How many know God was saying, hey, I am with you. Prayer is a covering of protection. When you pray, you are protected. When you pray, you hear God's voice. My mother many years ago said to a lady she she knew, she said, don't let your children sleep over that family's house. I just have a terrible feeling in my heart that that not everything is well. And the woman said, oh, don't be silly. You know, he loves people, he loves kids. How many knew he loves kids too much? Literally abused 30 odd kids. But my mother knew because she was a woman of prayer. And you may not know everything. God does not save you from every drama, but how many know there's some dramas you would rather be saved from? Prayer is protection. Many years ago, there was someone who told me in our church, they said, hey, this person's very gifted. He's an amazing leader. He could run things. He's administratively amazing. And I had this dream. And in the dream, I walked up to the man. I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, are you for me or against me? And he puts his face back like this and he looks at me in the dream. He says, you're the only one who sees it. He gets out a knife and he tries to stab me. And in the dream, I'm kind of fighting this man off and so forth. And I wake up, it was five o'clock or four o'clock on a Sunday morning. And how many know, I didn't promote that man. He left our church, I don't know, a month or two later. And how many know, I probably didn't chase him down to say, come back, please. Oh, sir, come back. No, I just knew in my heart that there was something very wrong with his spirit. Something very wrong. We later had a different dream and literally it was just confirmed that God was protecting us. Prayer is a covering of protection. Number seven today, prayer reveals the true value of community. In our social media age and Instagram age and TikTok age and YouTube age, there is a desperate need for actual community. A desperate need for actual community. Not, not how many videos did you watch? Let me just say this quickly. I just felt this in my heart in worship. We, Pastor Fernando shared just briefly about depression and young people in depression. How many know that chocolate cake is good? How many know eating it all the time is not good? Social media can be good. TikTok can be good, but let me just say this quickly. It's like, it's like chocolate cake. If you have too much of it, it does things to your brain that have never been done to brains in the history of mankind. And there is actual stats now that the greater that people watch the stuff, the greater the depression there is in people's lives. So I'm not saying get off it completely, but I am saying be aware of it. It is addictive. It is like chocolate cake and your brain just keeps on going to the next thing, the next thing, next thing. And it can't handle real life. Someone say restraint. Restraint is your friend. The longer I live, the more I realise that self-control and restraint are my friend. Prayer reveals the true value of community. Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. Someone say us. It isn't just me, is it? It's us. He said, our Father in Heaven, not just my Father in Heaven, which says that you are powerful in community, but you are in danger when you are that isolated Christian. 
Don't be an isolated Christian online. Don't be an isolated Christian who comes very occasionally. Don't be isolated from people. Do you know that even sitting in a church service today, you're like, Pastor, I'm not isolated, I'm in church. Who are you connected to? Who are you connected to? Give us today our daily bread. We've got to be people who are praying for not just me, but us. Number eight, prayer brings compassion. Prayer brings compassion. I'm gonna move quickly in these next two. Number nine, prayer gives the capability to conquer. Prayer gives the capability to conquer. You know, in the promised land, 12 leaders walk in. 40 days, they observe the land. 10 leaders see problems. Two leaders see God's promise. That's discouraging. You know, one of the things that I've heard around church leadership circles is, is, is that people will never come back to church. And I'm like, you're seeing the problems in the land. You're seeing just the giants. I refuse to just see giants. I see the best days ahead for this church. I see more people attending this church than ever. That's what I see. I see it all the time. I see it in worship. I see it by faith. I refuse to allow the narrative of the culture to dictate this house. The house of God is a house of strength. It will impart strength. It will give strength. My goodness, the house of God, it's a place of protection. It's a place of revelation. It's a place of dreams. It's a place of vision. Am I preaching to anyone in the back of our church today? No, the church will advance. It it has been advancing for 2,000 years. Stay standing, stay standing. Number 10, real quick. Prayer clothes us in heaven's garments. Prayer clothes us in heaven's garments. You know, Jesus said in Acts chapter one, He says, you shall receive power. Someone say power. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, what does He do? He he comes, what? Upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon. Comes upon, it's like a jacket, isn't it? Um, it's, it's, It's upon me. I'm clothed in Zara today. (laughs) Clothed in it. Maybe this was H&M, I don't know. Actually, yeah, H&M. I'm clothed in it, but I'm also spiritually clothed. And we need to be clothed with heaven's clothing. Some of you throughout this time, I mean, it's been a weird year and a half, haven't you think that? It's been weird a year and a half I've ever experienced. Life was kind of normal before this, wasn't it, Fernando? And there's so many people who are clothed in fear, clothed in division, clothed in arguments, clothed in angry at people, clothed in bitterness. But Jesus said, you should be clothed with me. If you're a Christian, be clothed with Him. There's a moment of salvation when God comes in. There's a moment of empowerment where He comes on. And then the response of the disciples, once Jesus said, you shall receive power, I think it's Acts 1.14, they went and they prayed together. They were waiting for power. They were waiting for power. He says, listen, here's a promise. Someone say promise. 
The promise of God is for every person. The promise of God is for you and you and you and you and you, every person here. But we must be the recipients of His promise. It doesn't just fall on us in a moment. No, it's actually waiting and believing that God wants to do that for you. And so many times people disqualify themselves. I'm not as committed as that person. I'm not as committed as that person. I've got still these issues in my life. I was seven years old and the Lord immersed me and clothed me in the Holy Spirit. Seven? I didn't even tithe yet. I didn't have a job. I went to church. I was in the shower. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. And all of a sudden, I was clothed in power as a young man and 18 years old. It was almost like that fire had been dormant for a while. It can get dormant, can't it? Can't the fire of God get dormant? One of the greatest things I can tell you, one of the greatest things I can tell you is keep the fire burning. Let there be a fire, an authentic fire in your life and in my life. Let there be an authentic fire that does not go out. Let there be an authentic fire that burns literally from Pentecost to now. Let there be an authentic fire to pray in this church. Let there be an authentic fire to worship Jesus in this church. Let there be an authentic fire to win souls in this church. Let there be an authentic fire to win disciples and change lives and build families, build businesses and build the things that God wants us to build. Is there a fire? In your soul, if it's gone down, if it's gone down, it can be relit again. Close your eyes all over this place. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. I want to call people forward for prayer, but There's so many people, it's honestly going to be chaos. If you need a fresh fire in your life, just as a sign of surrender, would you open your hands to heaven? I want our pastors and leaders praying in this moment. Father, all across this place, You are not bound by time. You are not bound by space. So in the Name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one true God, I declare a fire from heaven that would begin to burn brighter in the hearts and the minds of Your people right now. I believe for You to stir the gifts of the Spirit in this place. I believe like, like, like days of old that You would immerse people in the Holy Spirit even right now. I pray that You would clothe them, Lord, with strength and power. There's some people here, it's been depression, it's been anxiousness, it's been unforgiveness, it's been forgiveness, unforgiveness. Give that to God right now and say, God, I'm 
giving it to You. Help me walk in Your power. Help me be clothed from on high. So in the Name of Jesus, let a fresh oil from God be in this place. Let it, Lord, touch the youngest baby to the oldest man, the oldest woman and everyone in between. Lord, touch Your people now. Let Lord, let a river of life flow in this place, I pray. Let it not stay in this place, but let it spread from this place. Lord, those online, in Jesus' Name, I pray for the power of the Spirit of God to unlock and unleash people now in the Name of Jesus. Let rivers of life flow in this place, I pray. Let heaven pour out on this place, I pray. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Come on, praise Him for a moment. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Thank You. Thank You, Lord. 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 So simply just say, Lord, fill me. Say, Lord, empower me. I throw off old clothing. I put on your clothing by faith stir me to pray teach me to pray teach me to pray for others teach me to stand in the gap teach me to hear your voice teach me to praise teach me to give thanks teach me to walk with you teach me to walk with you only one God His name is Jesus there is one God His name is the Lord Jesus Christ Father Son and Holy Spirit it's not arrogant to say that it's truthful to say it it's it's actually arrogant to say anything different because it's not true let me say this to you the reason he says you have to come through Jesus is because that's who he is so if I reject Jesus I reject God God loves you. He's your Father. He made you. The Bible says very clearly that we have been orphaned because of sin. But He says, I paid the price so you'd be adopted. In America today, it probably costs you $40,000 or so to adopt a child. It cost God the blood of His Son so that you would be adopted into His family all across this place. There has to be a moment 
listen to me, of personal adoption. Personal adoption. That for me was as a young boy. Young boy. I was adopted in the family of God. If you're here today and you would say, man, I don't know if I've been adopted in the family of God. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And that prayer will say, yes. He's already signed the adoption papers. You just got to say, Dada. Close your eyes all across this place. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, every person here. Lord, there are some who want to be and need to be adopted in your family. Say this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I accept the payment for my adoption. I turn to you and trust in you. Be the strength of my life. Forgive me. I declare I am your child. You are my daddy. From this day on, with eyes closed, if you meant business with God, would you quickly slip up your hands, slip it up high, all across this place, all across this place. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up. Hands going up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. That's awesome today. Proud of you, sir. Proud of you, sir. Proud of you. You can put your hand down. Father, I pray for every hand and every heart. Lord, I thank you that heaven has a party today. Heaven has a party today. Come on, can we reflect heaven for a moment and just give Jesus a hand? Come on.